0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Good Fight Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6, Part 2 of our Black History Month uh, series. And um, I just want to, up front, apologize in advance for uh, my sniffling. I'm a little bit under the weather, Um, so just uh, I'll I'll say sorry for that now. (laughs) Well, you sound wonderful. No, thank you. Yeah, so no
1: problem. Yes, we're looking forward to presenting the uh, the other two segments of our recording uh, with uh, Hal Webb, and I think you really enjoy this. He kind of uh, uh, talks personally about some uh, some of the influences in his life and uh, and and the literature and and writings and people that have influenced him and uh, the things that he brings up we'll put in the reference notes uh, both on facebook and in the email that i send out Uh, if you'd like to be uh, be emailed with the um, information for each new episode please let us know at our our email that goodfight71 at gmail.com
0: yeah and i surely don't want to toot our own horn but uh, i i did like kind of the, uh, the addition of a guest. And so hopefully that's something that we can kind of do, uh, more regularly. Um, but I, uh, I surely appreciate Hal Webb for taking the time and doing this with us because it surely was informative, you know, to me and I I hope for everybody else. You say we need to break the monotony.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll be back in just a second with, uh, more of Hal Webb's interview. We're back again with uh, Hal Webb, and t- just talking about Black History Month. So, thank you for for listening into our little conversation back and forth, and that's just been delightful. So, well, just the the next thing on my mind, Hal, is uh, you know h- how do you feel when uh, when 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 you are called when when people who kind of think and feel like you do uh, are called kind of Uncle Toms and sellouts, or or the only way you feel the the only reason you feel like you do is because you're white adjacent, mm. you know, maybe. Uh, and so kind of what's your whole feeling about that?
2: Mm. Well, th- that thing brings about a couple of emotions with that being called a sellout Uncle Tom. Um, in the professional sphere of life here, call that probably more time than I'd like to really admit. I, I mean, I probably don't have enough fingers and toes to, to count the amount of times that I've been called that sellout Uncle Tom. It frustrates me. It angers me. It disappoints me. And then sometimes it saddens me. I'm there to, to, to do a job, a mission here, here to serve the public. And you perceive me different because of the color, but wait, minute, we're the same color. It's kind of a weird economy of things, how things go. But usually I use it as an opportunity maybe to kind of set the, the table right here, you know? Well, so I'm not the person to do the job, so you prefer a person another color to do the job. Kind of like revisit uh, their, their sensibility about what's going on, mm-hmm. without letting them know how much that, that hurt me, how much that diminished me to feel that way. you think that I'm less because I'm a black guy? or that I'm not up for anyone else's cause because I'm here doing the, the job. It's a re- real weird place to be. The other officers asked me, to in the field, what do you do when I go? I mean, they asked me, how, how do you personally um, deal with that? When your own people come at you and tell you, hey, listen, you're a sellout, dude. You, you run around with them. And then they got to a place where it became almost a pride thing about the job I'm doing. I'm going to offer a level of, of professional service. I try to do it on an excellent level and train others to do that. So I started to opportunity to share with someone else that, that's calling me that. And not only to, to share with them, maybe enlighten them about what's going on and also about the character of who I am. And that's a good thing that you got people of different color and different nationalities that are serving, you know, that you can't set up what service looks like or who it looks like. So I see it sometimes as a plus. And also it garnered a whole lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of respect and a lot of jeering behind the guys I work with that you, you deal with that. They see that you deal with that kind of thing and how you deal with that. Because they just say, well, you're a white cop. You don't get it. But for a black or a black guy, you don't get it. That's kind of like, well, what do you mean he doesn't get it? It was a learning experience for them, also. I think a lot of officers gained a lot of information too as they experienced that with me.
1: Mm Hmm. Okay, that's good, and 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 that kind of uh, feeds into to something an idea that I I find myself kind of resonating with, and I, I I don't I think you can overstate this, but in in you know I've said before, and I'm really processing that. That I don't really feel like ideas have a skin color. Very true. You know, and it's kind of what you what we t- we talk about identity politics, and oh, you can't understand me because you're not black, and mm-hmm. you know I can't, uh, and so we just have to kind of you know, divide up into our different little uh little groups and none can understand the other but uh, it just seems to me that uh, that without overstating it because i know that that and one things i'm seeing is that that for uh for black people that that there's there is kind of a shared experience that i think that uh and you correct me if i'm wrong but i i can kind of understand that there's maybe there's a shared experience that uh, that that you can, you know, when you get together with other black people, mm-hmm. that you can we kind of kind of share. And yet, yeah. with with the whole ideas thing, that I don't, you know, there there aren't black ideas and white ideas, and and that uh, that you know we can. Uh, the the cool thing about ideas is that you can take them out and set them on the table and evaluate mm-hmm. them as to what's true and what's false and what's right or wrong, what works, what doesn't work. And that, yeah, maybe black people, you know, in, in the, their with their shared experience, have an idea that that does work, that maybe me as a white person that we can all do better by by incorporating and vice mm-hmm. versa. And we yeah. shouldn't reject ideas just because they come from people with a certain skin color because they're maybe not to do with the skin color just because they've somehow they've stumbled on a on a better mousetrap. I know I've talked a long time. <laughs> yeah, Is that, but,
2: but that's yeah. true, though, you're saying about ideas, they have no no color at all. And, and then they give birth, I think, because they don't have that, that color thing attached to them. And sometimes when an idea is birth or, or putting out there, and you don't know who the source where it comes from, sometimes the idea is even made even better. You know, it comes from an unlikely source that you'd get an idea about a particular thing that makes a change or makes a shift. But it, it's a better thing that comes out of that. Sometimes I think the idea when someone else adds to what's been put there, not knowing where it even came from, the idea. So yeah. you're right as far as the ideal. There has no there is no color and there's no kind of skin. Tone on an idea, yeah. Yeah. The person, what they're offering and giving,
1: (laughs) yeah. Well, and that's cool. And I, I think just as we, as Americans, we process our history and you know those lofty ideals of the Declaration and the Constitution. That even when they were written, people knew that they didn't apply to everybody. Yes. It's that's not the problem with the ideas, but it's just a problem with the, the the brokenness of humanity and, you know, how we can make those more true for more people all the time. That seems yeah. to me something that can be a very unifying thing if we if we let it be.
2: That it could. Yeah. That it certainly could.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, just real quick, uh, can you identify for us maybe who are some of your heroes? You know, black, white, any other color or or otherwise heroes that uh, you can think of? That's an interesting question.
2: None of, of that really stand out great and then that kind of changes over time as it does with everyone. But mm-hmm. that would, would really bring to light if, if it were the first hero I would call, he'd, he'd be a man of God, you know, a woman of God. You know, he it's not limited to that, to a man or to a woman or gender or sex or anything like that. Sure. None, none of that really would call I go, you know, that guy looked forward to that because to me being a hero is more than uh, all the platitude that's given to you, all the recognition that's given to you, it's living with a certain level of humility to me, what a hero in my eyes would be. A hero has no color, like ideas to me. It doesn't matter who, what your color is or, as I said, what gender you are with that. Um, a hero person, that stands for truth when everyone else will be silent about it. I mean, so it's hard to put a, a person or a name to a hero right now, and it kind of changes with me sometimes. But to me, a hero is more of an, an ideal of who a person is that that's living, you know circumspect that's kind of living a life that's more a right approach a, a life that's not consumed by themselves and a life that's making life better for someone else you, you're working to make this a better place for all of us I, I think so in a lot of ways i think sometimes we're heroes when we recognize that a hero is not always somebody that's dead or done this great accomplishment in life or this great sacrifice i think sometimes heroes are quiet and silently doing things uh, in mm. life and brian quietly I, I really enjoyed what you did the 12 years you were uh, mentoring and directing and guiding in my, my children, among many others, is bigger than this my children. It's all these kids over the years that happened. So, yeah, you, you might be considered a hero in my book, Brian, I would say, for the things that you do and the things that you've done for people and um, just for the person that you are, you know, the man of God and, and the character you stand for.
1: <laughs> well it took you a while to get there i'm glad I'm glad you finally got to my point you kind of work that's what I was work. that's what I was fishing for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no not really <laughs> but uh no it's 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 good to just uh, to think about it and and to uh you know for for us as uh, uh you know for me as a teacher for you as a police officer for us mm-hmm. as believers uh you know I think Know the, the great heroes of the faith, or some of the founders and oh, things yes. like that. I mean, it's good to, to think about, but that's good what you say, and I, I appreciate those those uh, kind words of yours. But uh, it's good to have people to uh, to to kind of look up to and to uh, to be able to use it as a, as an example. Uh, and yet, I know for me, uh, one of the things that that we're seeing and that we all need to factor in is that no matter how wonderful our heroes are. Uh, aside from uh, the Lord Jesus, everybody's a broken person.
2: Amen. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I
1: and I think that that you know some of that is is neglected as we as some as in the way some of people are looking at uh, at our founders and uh, and 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 others. And uh, I think it's kind of it, it's kind of short sighted because all of us have that same kind of brokenness. And if we want to, you know, we want to judge and look at other people the way we want to be looked at. And uh, so that's kind of another interesting thing. Well, we're going to keep on uh, going after this next little break. We're back and it's uh, time for the lightning round. Uh, Interestingly, uh, both Denver and I are going to talk a little bit more about things we brought up in the in the past. So maybe it's not quite so lightning. I don't know. Uh, But these things are so much in the news that and and they've just changed so much that uh, I I think they bear talking more about. And I just want to say a couple more words just about the uh, the evolving situation in Canada. With the uh, the Emergency Powers Act and the, the seizing of people's uh, bank accounts and just the, the the terrible threats we've heard against people who are basically par- patriotic Canadians that just want to be heard, and uh, I, I know even one of Denver's uh, Canadian friends that he met uh, said that hey that that the blockade of the bridge uh, uh, needed to have something done with it about it, and I agree, and and they did, and that's that's over now. But the, those, the, that, the, the graphic of those uh, policemen coming in and, 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 and roughhousing people and arresting them and by government order, these people's bank accounts are being seized and their licenses taken away, uh, it's just so disproportionate that it, it just is scary. And that kind of dictatorship and using that Emergency Powers Act, which is probably necessary in certain situations but absolutely not in this. And, and, of course, our fear is that for our, our own country, what's going to happen, and, and I, for one, I'm, I'm going to talk with my financial institutions, and I want to know from somebody pretty high up what mechanisms are in place to protect that from happening to me because I know no matter how many zeros are behind how much is given, that is just wrong uh, to do with, at the whim of somebody without a considerable amount of due process.
0: Yeah, I, I I hate to even hear the thing, but what's going on over there um, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But uh, I, I sure hope that never comes to to uh, over here where we live. So but that's that's exactly good what you're going to do to talk to your financial financial institutions and see what uh, things are in place to protect that from happening.
1: Yeah. And and, and it's very telling uh, that the the silence of the Biden administration hmm. uh, about what's going on up there and that that should be roundly criticized uh and and condemned by any freedom-loving person anywhere around the world we're just not hearing it i don't think well sometimes silence is
0: the most is the loudest thing so
1: i don't yeah. know Well, Um, and hopefully, I mean, uh, I I can only imagine how they're dreaming that, uh, uh, how they'd love to have that done here too, or that ability to be able to do it and, and praise God, literally the, our system is much more robust than the one they have in Canada. And let's try to keep it that way.
0: Yep. I agree. So, uh, like Brian, I'm going to continue to beat my dead horse, uh, with, with Russia, (laughs) Um, And and the reason for this is when I was trying to come up with my topic, I was looking at headlines, and this one just kind of struck me. I'll I'll read it to you guys. Russia plans to target dissidents in Ukraine to be killed or sent to camps. Um, And I think there's a lot of this type of thing going on where there's just so much information out there about Russia and Ukraine, that you can skip over some things and, and not find some things. And Not everything is being uh, displayed in the media because there is just a a wealth of information and disinformation uh, from this crisis going on in Ukraine. Um, So there's a lot of different pieces to it, um, but this is one of the more scary ones uh, and one of the ones that we should be uh, paying a little bit more attention to um, as time goes on here. And it, it is an ever-evolving situation. It's literally changing by the day. Uh, I think Biden has been having um, not really press conferences because he's not taking questions, which I think he should be. But he's coming out, you know, every day or every other day, kind of giving some updates, which is good. I'm, I'm glad for that. Um, uh, but we, we just have to kind of stay on top of this as we go on here. Um, and I, I know the president has reiterated that we're not going to go to war unless. Russia invades NATO te- territory, but I wouldn't be so sure about that. I uh, we'll have to we'll have to see, but um, uh, just kind of keep our fingers crossed. Uh, pray, pray as much as we can about this because it's it, if something like this happens in the today, like a modern era, it's going to be so deadly, uh, something that we've never seen before. So definitely something we need to keep praying about. So you're not so sure that American troops might not end up fighting
1: in ukraine
0: well uh, the the president on saturday i think it was said he will not send american troops into combat uh unless russia invades nato territory those were his words yeah okay he sent them to europe in case you know something like that happens um but as far as them going into ukraine i I don't think so not yet yeah
1: okay well both of us agreed that Part Of our lightning round each week should be uh, a little bit of good news, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, uh, uh in, in the meantime, I, I can't recommend highly enough the wall builders good news Friday broadcast. So, if you go to wallbuilderslive.com every Friday, there's a good news segment. And, uh, there's the I've said before, I love wall builders. One of the things I love about them is they're so positive. And this is one of their ways to really find good stuff that's happening, and I just I just know there's lots of stuff around the country, but just people waking up and realize, hey, I need to do something, and I I know I forget her name, but there was an NBC uh, sportscaster, uh, a, a somebody that had had uh, been on the on the down on the field on football games and pretty well known. I saw her interviewed and she said, I, I have to do this. I, I cannot be silent and I'm not going to let my position at NBC get in the way of that. So I'm leaving NBC. I've got to do something about this for the sake of my kids. And that's, what's going to, it's going to help us.
0: Yeah. That, that her name is Michelle Tafoya. That's and, it. Um, yeah. No, she was a prominent uh, voice in the NFL. Very good. Uh, there's there was no reason for her to retire. She's doing this literally because, you know, she says she thinks she has to. So it says a lot of her, and I've always thought uh, well of her, uh, but I think even better of her now. <laughs> yep,
1: and uh, Barry Weiss from the New York Times, same thing. Uh, Megan Kelly in her interview with Charlie Kirk, the, kind of the same thing, that they're realizing that when it comes to the education of their children especially – that's something that needs to be very near and dear to our hearts. And I think that's a good window into all the rest of the shenanigans people are trying to pull. Absolutely. So there's a the good news. Yep. <laughs> Here's more good news. <laughs> we're uh, After a little break, we're going to go back to our final segment with Hal Webb. So here we go. we are back again and uh, with, with Hal Webb and just uh, Hal, just curious to know if there are any uh, uh, books or authors uh, that you could recommend that would help um, either um, we in the Christian community or the white uh, believers be able to kind of understand the situation better or perspectives uh, that you kind of uh, understand and anything like that you could help us with or recommend.
2: There's a couple of books that, that I kind of favor um, and, Kind of heavy. One is kind of heavy. The first one is from a, a well-known person and and, and um, definitely an intellectual and otherwise, but from W. B. Du Bois. I wrote a book back when, and it's many, many years ago, uh, The Soul of Colored Folks. Pretty heavy, pretty heavy reading, pretty deep and pretty gripping until you move through it and, and kind of process what's going on. But you, you kind of need a reference point as you take that information. Where is writing from? The time span and, and and time period he's writing in and what's going on in, in the in the world, in our country during that time. So that, that's one book I think is a good one that's an enlightener. So sit down, not heavy, not easy reading, and then pretty gripping kind of things going on. Issues and hard to embrace some of the issues, even just as a person of color. Like, wow, it, that, this is some deep stuff going on here. Um, another one is, of course, the, the writings, the diaries that Martin Luther King wrote from the Birmingham jail when he was incarcerated for that period of time. And, boy, those diaries, I... As a child, I read him. I was familiar with it as in elementary and junior high school, kind of some exposure to it. But as an adult, my goodness, the, the, mm-hmm. the depth of what he's writing about, about unity, about the things we're struggling for now, about equality, about you know, all these things we, we, we're working toward, he spoke of these things here. And so eloquently, Martin was gifted with with the speech and words and, and also the writing gift as well. So that one, the, his writings from the, the jail, his diaries from the Birmingham jail. And one book... Not completely finished one, but I've heard great things about it. The Hidden Figures one. There's a movie about the space program back uh, in the '60s, as it the Apollo began, the, the missions and everything else with NASA. And three women. If, if anyone knows the movie, they're familiar with that. They had three kind of marquee actresses that played it, but the women that there were the actual characters. They're the marquee characters. But the story they say Hidden Figures because the story stayed almost hidden too long before it came to light. Maybe about seven eight years ago. So that's that's another good book that kind of brings some. Some truths of life of how things were, and this is a more contemporary
1: version. I think of things going on. Uh, okay, that's good. I, I I saw the movie. I haven't read the book, but I, I yeah. did enjoy the movie, and and it really is good to it's really is good to know the um the 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 backstories of that and um and how it all um, how it all works. Yes, indeed. Um. So I'm um uh, just in in kind of carrying on here. Uh, kind of segueing from that, um, and as we kind of get ready to uh, to wrap up our time together, um, do you have any advice or input or observations that you would care to share with your maybe especially your white brothers and sisters in Christ to kind of uh, help us uh, understand how to best relate together and how to how to go forth in, uh, in, in unity in, in Christ?
2: Yeah, there are a couple of things, Brian I'd like to share with regard to that and, and then I'm just going to make this a little clarification because I understand your question was worded in, in the and how we're doing, in the segment of how we're doing this thing here, but you asked about questions that I would offer to my wife, uh, brothers and sisters, in Christ, I'd offer to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and including black and of that essence, ethnicity also, what I would offer is that the dialogue, we're having this dialogue, Brian, and it's kind of, it's, it's not a labor thing because we know each other, we're very comfortable with each other, but these dialogues, when they're uncomfortable with someone you're not very comfortable with talking about it, my question would be for the, my brothers and sisters that, are, that aren't of a black descent, have those conversations, ask these questions, you know what I mean? And have questions with, and conversations with more than just one person, one grouping of, of people, right? Of a particular, if we black, have conversations with, with multiple, same with Hispanic or whoever it was, have multiple conversations. And then from the other side, as I speak to myself and I've spoken this to my kids, especially at the race, uh, um, race and religion, a segment that my wife and I spoke on at our church, um, we, people of color, we as black people, we need to be more open to receive, to hear, to listen. Well, I repeated that four times. It doesn't matter if repeat it four times. If I'm operating in love and, and trying to help promote understanding, I have to avail myself for that understanding. So, what I'm saying to the other group, to the other folks that aren't, that are black, I should say, have that same conversation. Be willing to have difficult conversations. Be willing to expose yourself and be vulnerable. Um, and also be patient, you know, and, and loving and, and in your expression. of Because there's a lot of tension, a lot of frustration. There's a lot of emotion that's built in, in everyone's experience of what they've had in life and stuff. But as, as the scripture speaks of about um, lifting each other up and bearing each other's burdens in love, that, we, that you do it in love, you know, that you, you share in love. And not only that, you're sharing with that understanding that I want you to understand. I, I, even if you don't get it, I want you to understand. there's a real sincere um heartfelt thing that i want you to get it and the other end i want to understand things better than i understand them right now yeah the mutual dialogue would go on have the mutual exchange happen freely openly and don't wait for time to happen just not a good time well okay do it anyway sometimes available
1: yeah Uh, i i really appreciate that and i mean i i'm really looking forward to our next lunch together or dialogue together and just kind of you know continuing on some of those paths just so we can uh, understand each other more and then uh, help, <laughs> help others understand too. But I, I, I really do appreciate that. And I know, um, and I, I'm really working on that as I seek to dialogue that I know I'm, you know, I feel strongly about things and, and I, I, I want try to try to listen more before I assert things. And I know uh, one thing I kind of bristle at, I, I don't really like being taken to school by somebody. Mm. And, and so, and, and so I have to be careful that I I don't come across like I'm taking people to school either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I, and and there's a, you know, there's a way to assert things that you're passionate about, but I'm, I'm finding that, uh, you know, asking the right questions at the right time and listening first is a, is a, a much more productive way to kind of get that across uh, even though there are some definitely real things that need to be stood up for and and uh and and worked for uh I- as we go forward but um yeah so i I just so appreciate this hal and appreciate you so much and and look forward to the dialogue and I know you and I are talking about different ways we can collaborate together to come alongside uh, young people and I'm sorry Denver wasn't able to to be here for part of these uh, the the interview because I'm sure he would have had some good things to say. But as we put the podcast together and and uh and, and all and, and get it going, I know he'll have some good observations. So uh, but anyway, anything, any last words before we uh, before we sign off? No, I'd just like to thank
2: you and Denver, you know, for inviting me to your podcast and, and, and allowing me to share my views uh, with you and being open to receive that. And I just I just pray and trust that something will come about that will promote some type of change, not necessarily in us, but somebody near us. And then that'll grow. That'll, that'll keep promoting itself and moving itself on from there. Um, yep. so this is a starting point and block for other connections that need to be made, like we speak of with age and everything else. But we make more strides and connecting with each other at different you know, generations, different age levels. That, that This problem of communication seems to be all over the place, but this one's intrinsic. It's, it's been around so long. Uh, so anyway, yeah. I'm just very thankful for the opportunity that you guys gave me to be a part of a the segment here.
1: Well, that's great. Well, I, I appreciate it, and uh, and and God bless you. And just as we close out this segment, uh, would you mind closing just in a short prayer?
2: Oh, gladly. Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, we thank you, Father, for who you are, Father. And more importantly, we thank you for whose we are. We're called your children, Lord. We are your children. Father, let's pray, Lord, that the things that were shared and the conversations we had today, Lord, would promote unity, Lord. We promote your love and, Lord, your character for humankind, Lord, that we'd see each other as you see us, Lord. There's none lesser and there's none the greater. So, Father, thank you for what it is that they're attempting to accomplish here for uh, Mr. Holm, for Brian, and for, uh, for Denver, Lord. And may your, your glory shine. May you all be glorified with what's going on with their efforts, Lord. And, Lord, I ask, too, Lord, that we would lose ourselves, Lord, so that we might find you and your love for one another. Lord, we give you thanks for this time and for this day. We ask these things in the mighty name of
1: Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, knowing how we like to pray together, that's it's it's amazing. We're keeping it this short, so that's true, huh? We go go (laughs) (laughs) twenty five percent praying, (laughs) So we'll uh, we'll continue, maybe off uh, off air. But uh, anyway, thanks so much, Hal. God bless you. God
2: bless you. Thanks, Brian. Bye.
0: Okay, and we're back to wrap up uh, this episode and the series of our Black History Month. Um, and we just want to thank uh, Mr. Hal Webb again for coming on and sharing um, his time with us um, and being able to to do that. So thank you to Mr. Webb and uh, well, I'll just pass it off to Brian and he'll uh, say a couple things and give us our quote too.
1: Yeah, I, I really appreciate that with Hal. And I, I know just one of my feelings I, with him, I just wanted the conversation to keep going. Mm-hmm. And it's so good that uh, just as we, in all the things we have in common, our love for Christ, our our love for the church, our love for our kids and our society and our country, uh, it... it, it it really is good to be able to have those kind of conversations when you have that respect for each other. And so I know, you know, even that the, the resource by WD, WV Dua, it's not something I probably would have chosen to read on my own. But one thing I, I think that if, if, even if I disagree on something, if something means a lot to you, then I, I want to know why and and I would like to to know that. And I think that feeling of mutual respect, like I you know even in some some of the things that uh, you know with, with people that disagree with me politically, I, I keep trying to mention that that you know, if you if there's a resource that means something to you, especially to you, I want to try to grasp everything possible out of that because I respect you so much. Now, I don't always get that back in return, (laughs) but uh, I think that really is a good platform to be able to move and and work from.
0: Well, that's really good. And I I think that's I'm going to take that back uh, with me and try to apply that because there's a lot of times where, you know, just being honest, I won't do something because I don't think something will be reciprocated. Um, Like taking the time to do that, to understand somebody else, if they're not going to do it for me. I have thought, you know, maybe not worth maybe it's not worth it, but, you know, maybe it is worth it. And I think it is um, to try to understand the people that you love, uh, that you do disagree uh, on, you know, certain issues with. So I think that speaks a lot of you. And so, you know, hopefully, hopefully I can do that and hopefully other people can do that.
1: Yeah. Well, especially cross generationally. Uh, I think that's good because I think I I can see where in the past with with some people, especially people younger than me, that when we've disagreed, that maybe I've I've come across too strong and I've kind of tended to shut the conversation down with some of the things instead of try to keep it going. Okay. Now that's a two way street. You you both parties have got to want and desire dialogue and a conversation, and not just to to cancel one or the other. But I think it's a good good thing to remember and and uh i'm i'm really trying to do a lot of listening and a lot of question asking especially in one-on-one conversations because i have to think i i don't like being taken to school by people even even if they have really valid points and and uh i mean I, i really try to understand where coming people are coming from so i guess if i don't like it i i really probably should not sit down and and have an attitude like i'm taking people to school either. And there's yeah. probably probably a way to get things done, especially in one-on-one or small group conversations uh, that's better than the whole, uh, you know, sitting up and, and doing the, the teacher thing as much as that was my job for such a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And no, I I agree. I, I kind of have fallen into that pit as well. So, but yeah, it's just life too. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: well, our quote for the week uh, comes from Frederick Douglass and um, the uh one of the resources uh, that I, I'm going to put up in the in the uh, the the website, uh, the anthology with the Dubois book in it, also has a uh, a book by Booker T. Washington and a book by Frederick Douglass in it. So. I, all, all three of those things are, are things I think I really want to do. But you know, Frederick Doug, Douglass, uh, his opinion e- evolved in terms of uh, thinking that well, the the Constitution was and uh, uh, was a pro-slavery document early in his life, and then uh, as he got to interact with the the founding and the ideals, and and uh, realized that even though it was not being uh, equally applied, that the the con- the Constitution is very much an anti-slavery document, and so I th- I think it's great. I mean, all of us have have blind spots and things that we can learn. But uh, Frederick Douglass said, uh, "Men talk of the Negro problem. There is no Negro problem. The problem is whether the American people have loyalty enough, honor enough, patriotism enough to live up to their own Constitution." And man, that's really good to chew on because the the ideals, those lofty ideals need to be trumpeted from the housetops by everybody and then uh, try to make them uh, equally applied. And that's we want to just be
0: all about doing that. My favorite quotes are the ones that stand the test of time. And uh, that certainly stands the test of time. So, um, I mean, and that's one that can be told you know, I would imagine 150 years from now too, and hopefully still hold the same type of value. Uh if we hold ourselves accountable to those things. If not, obviously there may not be a country anymore. Uh, but that just yeah. kind of shows you how important that quote is. So yeah. Good job. Yeah. yeah, I'm
1: I'm also just I'm really resonating with the preamble of the of the constitution about securing the blessings of liberty. And then the, the Gettysburg Address where Lincoln talks about a new birth of freedom. Isn't that beautiful to think about even now? You know, all the all the stuff that's going on in Canada and all the stuff that's been been threatened here with stuff, a new birth of freedom. It just it I, I love just saying it. <laughs> so so Lord help us. <laughs>
0: new birth of freedom. Kind of has a ring to it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it might it might preach. All <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yep. So I uh, just want to kind of remind everybody a couple, couple things uh, about our, our email that we, uh, we have that we'd love to hear from you. Uh, goodfight71 at gmail.com. Uh, we continue to get a couple of responses and we really enjoy that. We love hearing back and we love interacting. Uh, our Facebook, again, is just Goodfight. Um, so those are a couple of different places that you can reach us. And if there's a different a different method you'd like, uh, please let us know. Uh, we're flexible with that Um, and and we can kind of uh, pretty much do whatever. So please let us know, please reach out. Um, And I, like I said before, it really would help uh, if that on our Facebook, you would be able to uh, uh, share our posts just so your friends can see it. Your family can see it. They can get the resources and uh, hopefully uh, share it along as well. So we, uh, we thank you for that.
1: Yep. And like us on Facebook, please, please. We, We want to be liked. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Don't want to be too desperate but please, thank you. Uh, all right, well, thank
1: you very much and uh we'll be uh looking forward to our next episode.
0: Okay, keep up the good fight. God bless. Bye.